Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Juliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. So, uh, so this is what it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So Jesus was referring to Pentecost, and he explained it to them in this way. When Pentecost comes, you shall receive power. And the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Then 10 days later, so then he ascended into heaven. 10 days later, we we pick it up in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And this is what it says. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly... There came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. In, in our early years of ministry, when Anne and I first started ministry, as I've said to you before, what happened is that we were, we were in a, a predicament in a church where they had a big mortgage, and so Anne and I were on a very limited salary. And so when Stephen was born, our first son was born, I was on $50 a week, and Anne obviously was not working because she was at home. And it was during this season that God taught us amazingly deep lessons that have stayed with us during our whole lives. Because on 50 bucks a week, you don't have a lot left over. How many of you know that? Matter of fact, at 50 bucks a week, you don't have much even to look after your own needs, let alone the needs of others. But God taught us a very valuable lesson that he was our source and not our salary package. Our salary package was a... And an and income stream, but it wasn't our source, that God was the source. And so what we discovered was that our stream was one of many streams that God would use to bless us. And so with a lot of us, we sort of narrow it down and we kind of think that our salary is our source, but it's not. God is the source. Everybody say God is the source. And so this is what we discovered. We discovered that our income coming from the source was much bigger than $50 a week. What we discovered was that God would send in finances, letters and, and mail and, and, and unexpected places where we, we never expected it and it would come. And this is what we discovered, that God then would always not only give us enough to cover our needs, but he'd also give us enough to bless others. And so what we learned was that true prosperity is not just having your needs met, but having enough left over to meet the needs of others. And so we never stopped entertaining. 
We, we never stopped to open our, we, we never stopped opening our home to bless people and, and give to others. And, and so we, we were constantly giving out because we discovered that the heart of God was not only to meet your need, but to give you some to meet the needs of others. How many of you believe that? And, and I want to say to you that that's how you live a big life. You live a big life because you're not just so concerned about your needs. God will meet those needs. I mean, you know, uh, you read about it in Matthew uh, chapter 6 and 7, the Sermon on the Mount, 5, 6 and 7, where it's such a beautiful illustration of God saying, come on, just, just look to the birds of the air. Look to the lilies of the field. God feeds them. God dresses those lilies and makes them more resplendent than Solomon and all his glory. Get that picture in your mind because if God can so care for the birds of the air and the lilies of the field, will he not so more care for you? Aren't you of more value than them to God? So, so get it in your spirit that God wants to meet your needs, but more than just meet your needs, he wants you to have enough to give to others. You say, why are you saying that? Because that's what Pentecost is all about. He said, how does that relate to Pentecost? See, God wants to fill you with spirituality that feeds you, that keeps you alive, that keeps you going. God wants to meet every single one of your spiritual needs. But Pentecost is for you to have an abundance for others. See, Pentecost is not about you. Pentecost is about others. Pentecost is not about you being more blessed. Pentecost is about others being more blessed. See, they already had the Holy Spirit. See, when Jesus breathed upon them on the day of Pentecost, on, on the day of the, of, of the resurrection, he breathed upon them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. They already had the Holy Spirit for them. So what did he say? Wait, because they needed this extra dimension of power. This was not about them having their needs met. This was about them coming to a dimension where they're able to take this gospel to meet the needs of others. This is about going into all the world and preaching the gospel to every creature. This is about breaking out of your comfort zone so you've got something to give to others. And so this is what Jesus starts off with and says, I want to give you more. I want to give you not just enough, but more than enough. So here's the big question. Do you want more? This is what Pentecost is about. It's not, do you have enough? No, no, this is about, do you want more? But God, I just want enough for me. God says, I've got more than enough for you. I've got enough for others. Do you want more? And so, 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 so what, 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 what more do you want? Well, let's start with power. Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Do you want more power? So see, Jesus defined Pentecost as power, power. <laughs> Jesus wants you to be power assisted. How many of you want to be power assistant? How many of you are old enough to remember the days where cars were not power assisted. How many of you remember those days? How many of you have got no idea what I'm talking about? Uh, when, when Anne and I uh, got our first car, it was not power assisted. And so if you had to do a reverse park or a three-point turn, I mean, you needed to build up your muscles. And if, 
and, and, and some of you worked out the trick that if you put extra air in your tyres, it made it easier to turn that steering wheel. And so I can remember when we got this, it was back in the mid-80s, we got a Falcon XR6 that was power-assisted steering. And with one finger, Anne was able to do... Look how powerful I am. Just with one finger, I can control this thing. So, so here's, here's what God says. I don't want you to do life in your strength. I want to give you power assistance. Power assistance so that you do life through the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is what that word dunamis means. It means you will be able. You shall receive power. What Jesus was saying is, yeah, you will receive divine ability. Divine ability to change so many things in your life. What God wants to do, he wants to change your I can't to I can. I love that. God wants to change your I'm not able to I'm able. I love that. God wants to change your I am weak to you saying I am strong. I, 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 I'm afraid to, I am not afraid. I'm, 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 I, I feel it's impossible to, you saying all things are possible. See, that's the power of God. And some of you are just reverting back to your weakness when God wants to push you into power assistance. Come on, every single Christian needs to do life power assisted. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then what Jesus does, he opens it up and says, power to be my witnesses, power to be role models, power to be my mouthpiece. A witness is someone who's had firsthand experience. A witness, see, how many of you know, how many of you have done law? In a court of law, you just can't go to a court of law and, and tell what you've heard. Oh, well, you know, Mrs. Jones told me this story. Well, that's not going to stand up in a court of law. I don't, who cares what Mrs. Jones told you? Let's bring Mrs. Jones in who saw and is a witness. First-hand experience is what stands up in a court of law. And so this is what God says. If you want to be my witnesses, you need to have first-hand experience of what I've done in your life. First-hand experience of the power of God, the transformation, and then you will make a difference. See, this is where God's power wants to come in, where you will have this ability, this power assistance to be witnesses for Jesus. What a difference that makes. When you open your mouth and you're a witness, a powerful witness, everything turns around. And so, so he's God saying, number one, I, I want to help you in your own salvation to be strong in yourself. But then what I want to do is give you another experience where I give you power so you can be a blessing to others. Amen. So do you want more? Do you want more power? Amen. Do you want more? Well, let me tell you the second thing that God wants to give you is boldness, more boldness. How many of you need more boldness? So let's, let's read this verse in... Acts chapter 4, uh, verse 29, it says, Now, Lord, look at their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness, 
They may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, that signs and wonders uh, may be done in the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. What God wants to do is give you more boldness. I, I find Acts chapter 4, that, that whole chapter, quite fascinating, because Acts chapter 2 is the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit falls upon them. They're all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak with other tongues. All the people in Jerusalem said, what is going on? Peter gets up, preaches an incredible word to them. And that day, 3,000 people were baptized. 3,000 people were saved. How many of you think that's an awesome growth spurt for the church? In one day, they go from 120 to 3,120. Awesome. Well, a couple of days later, I don't know a couple of days, but it's not too long afterwards, they go to the temple to worship and they find this man at the gate, beautiful, who was crippled from birth. You know the story where Peter and John said, silver and gold have I none, but that which we have we give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. This man gets healed, goes in, declares wonderful things. Peter and John preach the gospel and guess what? 5,000 people get saved. How awesome is that? So we're talking a few days after Pentecost, we've got 8,000 converts. Okay, who's interested in follow-up? Okay, who's interested in doing first steps? 8,000 converts. So what happens is the scribes and Pharisees, the high priest, Annas and Caiaphas get really upset. They call the disciples in, especially Peter and John, and, and uh, they, they, they threaten them. They just get hold of them, and, and they're saying to, you, to them, listen, we, we're going to put you into jail. And they did put him into jail overnight. We, we want you to stop what you are doing. And so, you know what, at, at, and this is, this is the setting. They're at the crossroads. What are the crossroads? The crossroads, well, we've already got 8,000 people. We can be comfortable for the rest of our lives. This is awesome. This is wonderful. Or, or they can say, God, this is just the beginning. Your word was not for us just to take your word to Jerusalem. Your word to us was to take your word to the ends of the earth. And now the enemy wants to stop us short in Jerusalem. We've got 8,000 people. God, we, these, here, here are all these threats. God, we need boldness. We need boldness. We need to overcome our fears. Will you fill us with the Holy Spirit and fill us with boldness? They prayed that prayer because they were at the crossroads of being stifled. Oh, oh what's, what's, what's the challenge for us? Oh, you can't see this? How often do we press into God and then the enemy says, everything's okay, just get comfortable. It's okay. You've got a church of 8,000 people. That'll do you for the rest of your life. Just get comfortable. Or you can pray, God, give us boldness. We haven't even scratched the surface yet. There is still so much more to do. We're not going to settle in. We're going to go from the comfort zone to the boldness zone. Everybody say comfort zone to boldness zone. Come on, you can't stay comfortable. The Holy Spirit is not there to make you comfortable. He's there to make you bold. You know what the opposite of boldness is? It's timidity. Everybody say timidity. And, and, and the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, and said, God has not given you, Timothy, a spirit of fear. That word fear is timidity. Come on, but he's given you a different spirit of love and power and sound mind, a breakthrough spirit. Don't settle into the comfort zone. See, timidity, you can't change the world if you're timid. 
And God wants to turn your timidity into boldness. The righteous will be as bold as a lion. How many of you need more boldness? See, timidity will settle in, but the Holy Spirit will rebuke timidity and cause boldness to come. You know what, Acts chapter 4, for me, is, is such an incredible testimony of Peter. Peter, you, you look at Peter in Acts chapter 4 and you see what the Holy Spirit does. Why? Because two months previously, we're talking two months. Here he is in, in front of these same people, the high priest, Caiaphas and, and, and Annas and, and right around this house. A little girl says, do you know this man? No, I don't know this man. And three times in front of these same people, he's denying Jesus. Three times he's like a reed just bending in the wind. Two months later, this same man, two months, we're talking two months. But what's the difference? In two months, he's witnessed the resurrection of Jesus. He's been filled with the Holy Spirit. He's this man. It's, it's like a new man. He stands up in front of this crowd and says, these men are not drunk as you suppose, but they are filled with the Holy Spirit. As was spoken by the prophet Joel in my last day, says the Lord, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. What must we do? Repent, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your house. And bang, 3,000 people get saved. Then in Acts chapter 4, he, here he is in front of the very same group of people where two months previously he had denied Jesus. And he says, who, who are you to threaten us? We don't have to obey you. We've got to obey God. We'd rather, we, we'd rather die than disobey God. And with boldness, he declares the word of God. With boldness, he preaches to congregations. 5,000 people got saved. Who is this man? This man is a man that got filled with the Holy Spirit and was no longer the reed that would bend in the wind, the man of timidity. He was the man of boldness, a man of power. That is what the Holy Spirit does. You want to change the world? You can't be timid. You can't step out in faith if timidity rules your life. You need boldness. You need more boldness. When God asks you to do something, as Sonny said this morning, you know, the timidity, can't, will I, why not, will I, why not? Then all of a sudden the boldness came in. This is the word of the Lord. This is what God wants me. I'll step over the line. I'll be bold. Be strong for the Lord thy God is with you. You can't witness for Jesus if you're timid. You need boldness in your life. You can't step out of your comfort zone if you're timid. You need boldness in your life. You can't fully fulfill your destiny if you're timid. You need boldness in your life. How many of you need boldness in your life? More boldness. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. You need more. Do you want more? More power, more boldness. And let me finish with this last point. We need more recharge. How many of you know that uh, we need more recharge? Let me talk to you about this because in Ephesians 5 verse 18, Paul says, be filled. And he uses a Greek tense, which literally means, and keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, but keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. So as I said, you know, the Holy Spirit is for power assistance. But you've got to see yourself almost also, I'm going to use another metaphor, and I know I'm mixing my metaphors this morning, but we're also a battery pack. 
And a battery pack, you're all aware of. How many of you got mobile phones? There's a, there's a battery pack in your mobile phone. And you know that every single day or every couple of days, you need to recharge that phone. If you want to use it, you want to re- if you don't use the phone, it can last a long time. But if you're using it a lot, and some of you young people are on it 24-7, you need to recharge every six hours. Uh, I, I mean, the fact is that you can see the gauge. There's a gauge there that says it's either full or it's half full, or because you're all optimist, it's never half empty. It's only ever half full. And, uh, and then it gets empty. And how many of you have ever had your phone run out of juice? Oh, yeah. How many of you know that's the most frustrating thing in the world? Because you cannot send not even one text when your phone is out of power. You just can't do anything. It's of no use when it's out of power. And this is what Paul is saying. Come on, you've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because we use the power and the battery pack goes down. And when it goes down, you need to get refilled so that you are constantly on full And if you're on full, you're able to do all that you were designed to do. God's designed you to be a power witness. And so you need to be full. And and so one one of the ways that we get full is to press into God. And we're going to do that in a few moments. We're going to press into God and we're going to fill up the tanks. We're going to fill up the battery pack. We're going to plug into the Holy Spirit and and, and feel that, that filling. How many of you need that? How many of you need more of that? You know, the other thing is this, is that, uh, is, is that there's this incredible uh, God strategy called speaking in tongues. And, you know, it happened on the day of Pentecost. It, it's, it's right through the Bible. Paul writes about it. He corrects the church at Corinth that had gone extreme in it. But there's this God strategy called speaking in tongues. And the Bible says that when we speak in tongues, we don't speak to people, but we speak to God. The speaking in tongues that I'm talking to you about is different to the gift of tongues, which is speaking a human language that other people understand. This is a spiritual language, and it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, where Paul says, He that speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to men, but speaks to God, speaks mysteries to God. And so it's this prayer language, and it's this incredible God strategy where our spirit prays. And the Bible says that uh, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4, that whoever prays that way actually builds themselves up, recharges themselves, strengthens themselves, inputs spiritual power into their life. It's a God strategy. So what we do is that we want to encourage everyone, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, get this God strategy. It's a prayer language. It's the speaking in tongues where you build yourself up. You're recharging. I do it almost every day. Almost every day I can say that I, I, I speak in this prayer language and it's a spiritual strategy of God. Last night as I was praying, I was praying in the prayer language, this, this prayer language, and my spirit was getting filled because I wanted something to give to you that was precious. And so I'm saying, Lord, help me. And I'm charging the batteries up. I'm charging the batteries up. I'm charging the power pack. And I'm telling you, every single one of us needs that. Dan, why don't you come forward? Let me just conclude this morning by saying this. How many of you want more? How many of you are totally satisfied with what you've got? Because if you, if you are, then I'm saying maybe you've got to a point where you're selfish because it's all about me. 
The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not about me. It's about others. This, this, is, this is go into all the world and preach the gospel. This is about making a difference in the lives of others. And you know what? I just need more power. I just need more. I need more power. I need more boldness. I need to more recharge on, on a daily basis. And this is what Pentecost is all about. It's about more power. It's about more boldness. It's about more recharge. The only way that you can do this is to say yes to God. What an incredible thing is to say yes, Lord. I just, I just love that. I'll say yes, Lord. I'll say yes. Whatever you're asking of me, Lord, I'll say yes. When he says step out in faith, some of you say yes, and others you say, not only will I speak it with my mouth, but I'll speak it with my, my whole inner being. Anybody can say yes, but to actually comply with the action of saying, I'll step over that line is just such a powerful thing. And it begins by saying, yes, Jesus, I receive you into my heart. I receive you into my life. It's saying, yes, Lord, I choose to walk the pathway of discipleship. I choose to die to self and live for you. I'll say, yes, Lord. When when, when confronted with big decisions, I'm going to trust you, Lord. I'm going to say, yes. I'm going to say, yes. When when fear comes to grip my heart, I'm going to pray, Lord, give me boldness to not be dominated by fear, but be dominated by your word. I'll say, yes, Lord. I'll trust you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. God's got it. What an incredible testimony by Sonny. Someone that's been in our church for so long, yet when confronted with a big decision, a big decision, it was tough. It was tough because there's so many voices screaming at you from the left to the right. Don't say... Say it with your mouth, but don't say it with your life. You can say yes with your mouth, but, but this stepping over the line and, and actually making that decision, wow, whoa, hang on here. Do you know what the consequences are? Yeah, there's huge consequences in disobeying God is that you actually block the blessing coming your way. But when God comes to you and asks you to do something, He just exposes you to a whole new realm of blessing. But you've got to say yes. You've got to say yes. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.